Hey, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Golf Perfection Podcast. I'm joined here once again with my co-host, Matt Souza. We are in the golf garage. If you're in the South Bay area, come in and get your game dialed in. That being said, getting your game dialed in, this is the first topic uh, we're going to talk about practice. So, Matt, when you hear the word practice, just knee-jerk or rapid-fire reaction, practice when it comes to golf. Uh, what what does that mean to you? Uh, well, what it, what what does it mean to me, or what do I see people do? Right, it you can know, be two and, different and that's, that's going to be it. Like, what it means to me is, you know, what what am I what am I focusing on? What am I working on? Uh, is there some something in particular that I'm trying to kind of do, create, or a feel that I'm trying to work on? Okay, right. Um, versus the idea of just going out to the range and hitting two large buckets of balls and having no idea, no no alignment, no purpose, no anything, and then having the expectation that you're gonna get you're gonna get better, right? Got it. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. and then it kind of kind of kind of goes too. Like, are you practicing to have a better golf swing, or are you practicing to be a better golfer? Because those two are they're two different things. Right? right, right, right. Because if you're practicing to be a better golfer, then you better be on the putting green. You better be on the chipping green. Okay, that, that's straight it. up. Like, you, that's it, right? <laughs> so I, I think what a lot of people don't understand is, is if you go out and you shoot 100, 50 of those shots are from a pitching wedge down. Right, right, right. So it always blows my mind when I see people come in and they're like, yeah, I paid $700 for this driver. And I was like, but you paid $25 for your putter. Like, it, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. right? You right. use your driver 14 times if you're lucky, and that putter you're going to use 36 times if you're lucky. Right, exactly. Right. So I guess what this one is going to be more about is, you know, from a teaching pro and to your students, when you tell them or when you expect them to do some practicing, like what does that entail and then kind of what does that look like? What does good practice look like? Because honestly, I'm probably like one of the one of your worst students when it comes to it. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I get lessons, I do work on things and I conceptualize, but then I don't I admittedly don't spend the time at the range partly because, you know, like I'm so, like, you can call me lazy or, or what have you. And I just like playing golf more than practicing. So I play quite a bit. But yeah, what's your what's your thought on that? Right there? But but I think that's good though. Like you can only you can only practice so much before some people can do it. I I can't do it, right? Yeah, yeah. I get in, I work on something, and then I immediately want to go take it out, and I get a better feel out on the golf course than I do on the range. But you've got to work the same thing. If if, if you go to whatever coach you're going to, and they say I need you to work on this, it takes five hundred balls. Mm. even to slightly ingrain what you're doing so it becomes natural where you just do it without even thinking about it right so if you did it for a medium bucket at 60 balls and then expect to just kind of merge it right into your swing it's it's not going to it's not going to happen you're going to have to work for that and that's where setting up feedback stations right okay. you need something that's going to force you to do the move that you're going to that they're asking you to do, whether it be something that forces your plane, um, sort of something that forces your, like let's say you're working on angle of attack and I'm putting a towel down six inches behind, right? Got if it, I hit the it. towel, I lean back, I, I, didn't, I didn't get the attack angle that I wanted. So something that you can go, I did it or I didn't, because not everywhere that you're gonna have the ability to have what you have here, mm-hmm. which is gonna be video and the data and you know swing to swing, I did it or I didn't. 
right? Right, right, right. People are going to go out to the range. They need to have something. If you can set up video, set up video, right? Okay. Set yeah, up, yeah, set up, set up video. That way you can at least see that. But alignment, you know, is going to be, is going to be key. Making sure that, because you can, you can hit the greatest shot of your life and you can, you can have the best swing on the planet. But if you don't know where you're aimed, and then you go, why am I hitting it 15 yards right? And then you start adjusting your golf swing when it was all where you were where you were aimed. Right, right. right. Why, why? Like you're changing something that has nothing to do. Like you're going backwards. Right, right. right. Okay. So make sure that you're understanding like, like you can hit some balls to say, okay, I'm working on this particular drill. But then go back and say, okay, go through my process. Right. I need to pick that intermediate target. I need to look at where I'm aligned, okay? Mm. And then I'm going to focus, and I want to be able to have a shot type in mind. Whether you do it or you don't, that's not, that's not, doesn't matter. I want to make sure that I'm saying, okay, my, my intention is a three-yard draw. Okay. And if I hit it, then I go, ooh, I did what I wanted. But if I hit like a four-yard draw, at least I was close. But if I'm getting up there and like I hit a ball, one of them cuts, and then one of them draws, and then one of them is a push draw, like... It, that's not helping. I need to. I need to have my focus. Got right? it. So you're thinking like, don't just go up there. You know, just mind-numbingly sweep a lot of balls. Sometimes take a step back, go through like kind of what your shot is, and see if it does what you expect it to do to kind of give you that that kind of feedback. Exactly. Got it. Got um, it. Got it. That that to me is like once you do because you if you're doing a drill, let's say a half to half, right, where you're just kind of working the turn and trying to create impact positions, you can kind of go through a little bit faster. Right. But if you're saying if you're taking full shots and you're on the driving, go through the entire motion, because mm. what you're doing is you're 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 creating a routine. Right. And you look at early Tiger to Tiger. Now, I watched this video of him and it was from the time he uh, like got behind the ball to the time that he addressed the ball to the time that he hit the ball was within a fraction of a second oh, every oh, single wow. time. It, it would just it took the same amount of time, right? But he's created this routine because he did it every single time. I see. Right. So when you get up and one time you take two practice swings and the next time you take twenty seven, like you're already overthinking it and you've got a lot of stuff going on. So if you create the same routine, right? And again, you're breaking down practice to play but you've got to be able to play while you're practicing i know it sounds kind of corny okay. but it's the same thing it's the same thing like i would say okay don't go out and hit 75 seven irons in a row mm. right? okay yeah, yeah 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 so you're gonna like let's say you've gone through your drills your coach said hey i need you to do this this and this and you did it okay and let's say you got 30 balls left and you're gonna hit some right then you're gonna go okay um pick my target i'm gonna hit a driver Okay, and then I'm going to hit a seven iron, and then I'm going to hit a wedge. Okay, right? Because you don't hit seventy-five, seven, seven iron <laughs> on like, the course. Yeah, yeah, on the course, you you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you need to mix it up to have that again routine. Like you want to play holes in your head that you oh. can say, let's I you know when I do my outdoor practice, I'll do it at Santa Teresa. So I'll go. Okay, what am I hitting? I'm hitting hybrid off of one. Right? Okay, mm -hmm. I need hybrid little draw. And then I'll hybrid little draw in a, in a sandwich, right? And then I'll play two. Okay, I want to cut driver around the trees, right? So I'm just, I'm trying to put shots together on the range that would mimic what I would do out on the, out on the golf course. Got it, got it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great thought right there. It's like, yeah, sure, you know, you might want to just sweep 
a ton of balls on a single club, but you never do that. So, you know, sure, if you want to work on a swing mechanic or whatever, that's fine. But, like, at the end of the day, you're not scoring on the driving range, right? You're going onto the course. And so mimicking, you know, what you would – I think I like the example of, like, playing Santa Teresa in your mind or San Jose Mino or any local course, like, thinking, okay, I take driver here. Normally I hit, you know, seven iron here, and then I hit a wedge if I miss. You know, I think that's a really good, good thought to have. So that being said, let's just walk through some of the, I guess – Part, parts of the range okay. and say how you would approach practicing at each uh, individual station so we can give our viewers like a kind of like a visual like mental picture so I go to the range get a dry like what would you do at the range just minimal like for your everyday average golfer minimal tools like you know just whatever's in your bag at the driving range you have a bucket of balls what's your approach um I'm going to take one step back from that. I'm going to go, okay, am I, am I playing golf after or am I not playing golf This after? is just strictly practicing. Strictly practice. Yeah, okay. not, not practicing to go play golf uh, okay. for so 18 Okay, so if, if I'm yeah. going down there with an intention of working on something um, and I have my bucket of balls, I'm going to, I'm going to set whatever practice station that I, that I, that I have. Okay. Right? That's going to be – if you don't have that, you're doing yourself a disservice. And practice station meaning? Practice station meaning – you know, let's say you struggle with coming over the top and I'm going to put a head cover down to force my, my plane inside, mm, right? Okay. Uh, it's going to be something, again, that's going to give me feedback of whether I did something right or wrong. Got it, got because it. Because you can't always go after, after what, it, what it feels like because what it feels like and what it looks like are something completely different. <laughs> right, 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 right. You, you think it looks like Tiger Woods, but it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't right. at all, right? You can think like, oh, that was super shallow. I do it all the time. I was like, oh, that's super shallow. Nope, still a little steep. God, so I think that's the main thing here is that try to find those feedback tools, whether yeah. it's either from an instructor or whatever, but to go there blindly without a feedback tool then is kind of you're not super you're, beneficial. You're getting something out of it, but you're not getting everything you can get out of it. Right. So, right? yeah. Whether it be an alignment, of, it depends too, like really, whether you're on a dirt range or like a grass range or a mat, right? Okay. Mat range in, in, in practice stations are harder to do because you, there's nothing that you can stick into the cement and you're now you're like leaning alignment sticks out of buckets and trying mm, to do it that way to kind of to kind of get things. Whereas if you're doing it on a grass range, you can really just shove your alignment stick into the ground and you can say, hey, this is what I'm trying to, to, to do. Got it. So go with right. intention, set up your practice area with a feedback mechanism. It's probably like the first thing to do. And then so now that you got your balls, you set that up, now you start swinging. So what, what, what's, what's the next steps there in your mind? Take your time. You okay. Know, t take your time. Go through, if you're, if you're practicing to, to practice, go through each step. Because like I said, it's, it's going to take you 500 balls before this becomes even anywhere near what you want it to be right right muscle memory is going to take it's it, it is you don't you don't get in a car and have to think about hey am i pressing the brake or am i hitting my blink you just do it you just, right right you ever, you ever get home and you're like hey how did i get here yeah, <laughs> right right you know right. you just you just did it yeah right but you you hit so many golf balls that eventually you it just becomes it becomes a reaction mm -hmm. rather than you having to think out the process right you can see somebody stand over a golf ball, whether it be practicing or whether it be on the course, and you can look at them and you go, man, there's a lot of gears going on up there. And you're like, this <laughs> yeah. probably isn't going to turn out well, mm. right? Because it's no longer a reaction. It's a thought process. If you're thinking yeah. about what you're doing in the middle of your backswing. I think that's a really good point, though, just like not on, on the top of a practice, but just like golf in general and the swing, like 
you know, you're, you're, you're reacting. You're not like thinking about something, which is. So, so what I do with my players, um, same thing, kind of the way that you do practice as well, right, is I want you to draw an imaginary line four feet behind the ball. Okay. Right. And what you do on outside of that four foot line is very technical. I'm looking for my elbow to be here. I'm trying to press and move back and get out of the way. Whatever your coach has you doing, whatever you're trying to work on, let your swing feel, right? The, but the minute you cross over that line, you mm. need to be able to leave that okay. where it's at. And now it becomes shot shape, what's my focus, right? And it is like, especially like off the, the tee, right? People will see a humongous fairway and they'll hit the ball and they go, how did I miss that humongous fairway? Well, you aimed for the fairway, right? <laughs> so if I aim for the fairway and I miss it a foot right or a foot left off of the fairway, I didn't hit the fairway, right? Right, right, right. But if I aim for this much, the two inches at the bottom of a tree at the backside of wherever, wherever my, uh, my line is, and I miss that by five or ten yards one way or another, I'm still in the fairway, right? Right. right? right. It's a, it comes down to the same thing with putting. You put at the hole, you miss it by half an inch, you still missed it. I want you to aim at a speck of, of dirt on the back of the cup where you think the ball is going to enter at, and that's your focus. Right. You, have, you ever been out on the, on the putting green and you set down a tee and you can hit it like eight times in a row? But then you get to the you get on the course and you can't you can't make anything at all. Relatable, right? yes. It, it is. Well, one, it's it's the difference. They did a study on on a hole is sunk versus a tee is up. Okay. Right. Okay. So, like, try this. Take a Gatorade bottle and put it inside the hole and see how many times you can hit it. You can hit it all day. Oh, right. Because it's visual. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Something it's telling something in your brain that like, oh, this is easier. Right. Oh, never so. really thought about it in that way. Like, yeah, throwing a tee down because the holes. Um, the putting green are preoccupied and you're like yeah. hitting it all day and then you got on the course you're like what the heck yeah well and, and again some of that's going to be done with focus like the more that you focus mm. on something small you know aim small miss small right 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 and i think that's you know that could be a whole nother topic like the mentality about scoring you know like you know the casual player might say i just want to hit the fairy but the more focused players like no i'm going to aim for you know that tree that's left of this sand trap because if I fade it or draw it, you know, ever so slightly, I'll still be in the fairway. That's like the and, difference. And, and what that is, it's measurable, right? That's true. Either I did it or I didn't, or I got close or I didn't get close. Next time I know. I see. Right? Got it. Whether got it. you just go, oh, well, I'm going to aim this way, I'm going to hit this way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very big on simplification of, of golf. Go out and hit it that direction. And if you can hit it again, it's not that bad of a shot, right? But you definitely want to have, like, intention, Mm. I want to do. I want to do this. I have to have a, a, a visual, right? It's kind of like you ever, you ever like, you know, took a crumpled up piece of paper. You turn around, you see the trash can. You just instantly go, and you just, you just right. dunk it, right? Because right. right. you you saw it in your head, and you just you just did it, right? And it's a, it's the same thing. If you mm. think, well, well, I may skull this, or there's water left. There you go. Like you just instantly put that thought in your head, and next thing you know, you're you're in the you're in the lake. Got it. Got it. So yeah. So you're at the range. You know, you you're behind the ball, thinking about one thing. Then once you pass that four foot line, it goes right back to what's my line? What's my intermediate target? Am I aligned to that target? And then go. Got it. Right. Got it. Even you know, I I tend to struggle sometimes, and and I'm trying to get better of taking too long mm, okay right and then it becomes again 
thinking about something, right? And one of the things that, that um, I really, really like about Daniela is it's, it's one practice swing and going. Right. That's a good one to. It's just good way one to go practice with. swing and then done. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the the quality of somebody who just trusts what they're doing. Got it. So yeah, like that should be something a lot of people should aspire to and to practice. You know, at the range. You know, like go through those motions. Go through like, hey, I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna do it on the course. Um, so I, I really don't see that a lot on the range. Um, but I know people who probably do do that. But yeah, me personally, now that I. And think about that that's something how i should approach it a little bit more so yeah definitely appreciate that insight on hey this is how i would practice i think the main thing is that yes have your feedback tools and then you know once you're working on swing mechanics save some remainder of the balls to go through that exercise of playing a hole i think that would be yeah. a really you know, well into like like you ever like hit balls and like you don't even move your feet and you just drag your seven iron you grab the next ball and you just oh, hit totally. it and you drag it and totally. hit it and drag it and hit it you never approach a ball <laughs> like that right you're That's always true, approaching yeah. a ball from a different direction you're walking up from behind and then you're addressing the ball and then you hit the ball right so I like yeah you can't get to that level of not unconscious but level of focus if you don't even practice the motion while you're on the course so That's yeah it. this is a great great point there so that's the driving range, your suggestions for about practicing uh, in that regard. What about short game areas? So this is kind of these two topics, short game area and putting green, I feel like are the ones that aren't obviously practiced enough. But I'd like to get your insight from, you know, teaching pro, like what, what would be a good way to take advantage of a short game area and a putting green, like in general? So like short game area first, like what would, what would you expect? Like get a, like first get some spend, range balls and spend then. 70% of your time on the, on the chipping green, find some buddies, you know, long time student of mine, Lauren, like we would just sit out there and putt and chip and putt and chip. The lights are on. And, and that's how you get good is just getting out there and then being creative and, and not giving yourself the best lies and one good lie, one fluffy lie, one bad lie. And then you're going to say, am I hitting it low? Am I hitting it medium? Am, am I hitting it high? Right. And then so like what I'll do um, when I'm catting for some of my players is like I'll, you know, I'll take a tee and I'll put it four feet behind the cup. And I'm like, OK, I want you to you're going to chip it up. This one's going to be low. And if it doesn't go in, I want it between the hole and the tee. That's mm. our, that, so it gives us, you know, yeah. I want your here's your where here's where your landing spot is. I want you to pick your landing spot. Right. Um, and, but it's the same thing. It's like, go up and look at the hole from behind. What is it doing? Right. What is it doing? Like, I, I understand you got to do it. If you're, if you're playing and it's a Saturday morning, you don't want to spend 15 minutes reading how, how, it, how, yeah, how yeah. your chip's going to hit the yeah. green and run out. But you do want to at least look at it from both sides, look at the slope, look, you know, kind of go through those routines. But again, setting the, what, what your goal is. I wanted to, I want to hit a low runner. I want to hit a mid spinner. I want to hit mm. something high and soft, but ultimately know what's one, what you're better at. Right. Sure. Sure. And then two statistically, what's going to work best. Got right? it. Got it. Everybody loves the, the, the high flop and, and <laughs> you just don't, unless you absolutely have to, like, don't break that out of the bag. Like if you're short sided and you got to hit it over a bunker, then, then yeah, you're going to have to hit that shot. But anything else is like, understand, like if you took five balls and let's say the cup is 20 feet away and I got to roll them to the cup, 
my my dispersion, my my average distance away from the cup mm. is going to be shorter than if I took five balls and I threw them 20 feet in the air, and then I tried yeah. to judge where they would land and where they would roll out, right? Got it's it. easier. Yeah, if I only true. have to judge one thing, which is length, versus now I have to judge height and length, and then hopefully it's, you know, what if it checks, what if it doesn't check, mm-hmm. right? So understanding that, like, you know, understanding, like, again, the the... the the quicker we get the ball on the ground, the better. Right, right, right for sure. So, so <clears throat> that being said, like I like what you said in terms of you know intention on chips. For me, I when when I would go to the short game area, I'd kind of just chip a bunch of balls, but I didn't really think about oh maybe I should hit this one, try to hit this high and stop it quick, or let, let this one run out and then let it run you know a couple feet past. So that's kind of what you suggest on practicing is then just think about types of shots and vary it like tremendously throughout the throughout the green yeah. and even like your landing spot put a put an alignment stick out there and say okay i need to land over this alignment stick but have it stop before the hole oh. and then you just keep moving the alignment stick closer to the hole closer to the hole closer to the hole so then you're going to have to change trajectories in order to get that ball to land God, on the right. other side of the alignment stick but stop short of the hole yeah i think that's really good i mean i didn't really i i you know i've thought about doing that before but obviously not the best practicer in this world. So yeah, doing those little things around the green is probably tremendous in terms of just saving strokes. Yeah. Well too, it's, it's hard, you know, if you have like a practice facility, like a, like a Coyote Creek, something like that, where it's got this humongous short game area and there's not 20 people around you. Cause it's, it's hard to work on that flop shot when you've got a guy trying to putt <laughs> 12 feet from you and you're afraid you're going to blade it into his ankle. Right. Right. Know? Yeah. Totally get that. Totally get that. So yeah, no great tips on, you know, what to do around the short game area. And I think you you hit it up you know well you know, on its head basically saying you know make it fun as well like if you can I think probably practicing you know is much more fun with a, a friend or a buddy right just little games that you can play you know getting up and down you know that way you're working on both the chipping and the putting because again it comes down to the same thing that we were talking about before is like changing clubs right uh, if I uh, if I hit seven chips you know but what if I hit one chip and then I putt it afterwards. Right. If I chipped it and then I putted it and then I chipped it and then I putted it. That's what I'm going to do out in the course. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. I don't get to drag another one and be like, nope, that one didn't work. <laughs> right? Yeah, that definitely. Yeah. Keeping that in mind again, like practice how you would play on the course to, to try to better ingrain the feeling and the, the routine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's great advice. So coming down to the last section. OK. The putting green. So debatably probably is the most one of the most important things right like what do you do specifically or tell your students to do like on a putting green to to practice um and, and again it's it's practice am i, am I practicing to play am i practice to practice if i'm yeah, practicing yeah. to practice uh it's all speed control distance like how well can i control my speed right because speed is more important than line okay right? if i have speed i know i'm gonna get that like when you look at tour statistics from like three feet versus amateurs from three feet, it's not that it's not that different. It's like three percent or something different, okay. right? But once you start to get into that four, five, six, seven foot range, the amateur and the pro they get drastically different, okay. right? So if I know just from you know the the percentages that if I knock it into three feet, then chances are I'm going to make that extra. I'm going to make that putt. But if I, if it goes down by fifteen percent or twenty percent, if it's four four and a half feet, 
that's going to make a big difference if I left myself four and a half yeah, feet all day versus three feet all day. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. if I can judge my my speed, then I know I'm going to have a decent day. Maybe I don't make them all right, but at least I know I'm not three putting right. Yeah. Because if you take some guy who shoots 110 right, and you take off one three putt for every three holes, that's six strokes. So maybe he maybe he shoots now like the guy shoots 104 and now he shoots 99 or 98. Right. That's yeah, a difference yeah. maker. Right. Or maybe you were you, you were like, you know, 95 and you shot 89. It's a huge it's a huge deal. Right. Oh, how yeah. do we how do we not give something away? Take the punishment, take the bogey, whatever. No doubles. Right. No doubles, no triples. I call it a yard sale. You're doing really good. And then you just gave it all away. Right. Like you put in all of this hard work and then it's a yard sale. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to do that. And it's minimizing those things. And that's where, again, getting up and down. But that's where, again, the decision making comes in. Right. When you're practicing. Right. What if I hit this high shot? Where where is my where? What's the perfect shot? Like, what is the high softy that I barely hit the edge of the, I get right over the edge of the bunker mm -hmm. and then I let it dribble to the hole or I play it a little bit safer yeah, 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 and I land a little further and maybe I'm taking that risk that the six footer coming back is going to be the better play because what I don't want to do is I don't want to hit it high and I don't clear the bunker yeah. and now I get a bunker shot and are you good at bunker shots or are you not good at bunker? Mm -hmm. Now, again, I took what could have been a bogey at worst and I turned it into a double or a triple. Yard sale. I, I Yard like sale. that. I like that term so much. <laughs> right. Like you're working so hard, you get onto the green, you blast it by into a distance you're uncomfortable yeah. with, and you just gave a stroke away. Yeah, it's it's yeah. So that would like so when you're talking about putting again, it comes down to 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 to, to distance, okay. right? So again, you don't want to hit if you're going to hit anything like a bunch of three footers, a bunch of four footers, a bunch of five footers, and you're just circling the hole, right? So it's not just from the same spot every time, mm. right? But if you're doing like um, work to work on your stroke, then it's gates, right? Gates, you, okay. you, you want, you know, two T's down so you can work your gate. I have that Dave Pell's little magnet, like the mm. bearing ball thing we got to putt through. That's phenomenal, right? Something like that, something that's gonna give you, again, feedback of whether you're doing it right or wrong yeah so right. feedback tools touching back on that just like at the driving range get those feedback tools to let you know hey is your stroke you know where it should be are things coming off aligned and everything and, like that? And, and putting is so like there's technically the right way to putt but there's so many different ways of arm lock and left hand low and i mean like there's so many different things that you can do it's understanding which one works for you, right? And like there's sure. even one thing that I just absolutely despise of when I see people putting is like your finger down the shaft with your right hand. You know oh. And I, I t I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> but then you have one of the best players in the world, Brooks Kepka, yeah, does, he does that. that. He's got yeah, that yeah, right yeah. finger down, right? But what that right finger promotes is just this little wrist kick, right? And that's just going to mm. change the face. The minute you, the minute that right finger starts any puts any pressure on that grip, like you're just you just move the face. Right. And with any like especially putting, we want as much stability in that face as possible. Yeah. 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 Right. And that's going to be where where I hit it, where I hit it low in the face, where I hit it perfect. Right. Like and that's yeah. going to, again, affect distance control. Right. Because if you're hitting it in the center every time, then your consistency of distances is going to be the same versus what you're feeling. Right. Mm. So when, when you go out and play golf, um, 
you just you, you you throw a ball down and you take a couple of putts where you go outside of your foot to outside of your foot and then you judge that distance right you measure it out right so if you're playing a golf course you've never played before and i'll go outside of my foot to outside of my foot and let's go so let's say it goes 17 feet there's my gauge okay I know if I have 17 feet, it's outside my foot to outside my foot. I know it's 20 feet. I'm going to take a little bit outside that mark. Got it. Yeah, then that's a great tip for, like, practicing to get ready for a round. I I didn't really think about it. I usually try to establish, like, what's the five-foot pace, but, like, establishing with your feet, the feedback tool there, then you establish, okay, that's X amount of feet in terms of pace. That's a good tip tip right there. So. Because, yeah. again, we, cause we, we take a step back and saying, okay, going back to the driving range is okay, practicing to play versus practicing to, to practice, right? If you're practicing to play, you just stretch out. You warm, <laughs> stretch you, out. You warm up. You yeah, warm yeah. your muscles up. You know, um, I used to tell my kids, um, especially like the, the junior golfers way back in the day when I was teaching a lot, like if I'm caddying for you and we go out there and we're playing, if it's not here by now, chances are it's not coming. Right. If Fair you enough. normally play a draw and you get up there and you hit 12 fades in a row, play the fade. <laughs> right. Sure. Like, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. fight yourself all day long trying to hit a draw when this is what you have right now. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah, becomes yeah. the difference from people because, like, look, I'll admit mechanically I'm mediocre. Like, I, there's tons of stuff that I look at in my golf swing and go, that's terrible. I hate it. But I can do it over and over and over again the yep. majority of the time right how do i get the golf ball for, you know i had one one guy like uh, way back when this guy he was like a plus three or something super good right well plus three in the driving range okay, okay. <laughs> okay. like his golf swing he could hit he could hit 20 balls in the same like five foot circle same perfect little two yard draws but then he would get out to the golf course and he would start to break down mm, right okay because he couldn't play golf he hit phenomenal golf swing can't play golf yeah, right? two different things. It's two different Completely. things. I, mediocre golf swing, I generally could score decently well because I knew how to hood a seven iron, keep it three feet off the ground to get out of the trees. There right? you go. It's, there being, you go. it's being creative, right? Yeah, it's yeah, understanding absolutely. when to take the risk, when to not take the risk, what's a, what's a green light pin versus what's a pin I shouldn't go after. Right. If you go out there and play and you're going after every pin, then you're going to have a long day. For sure, yeah, no, absolutely. So boring golf down the fairway to fifteen feet. If you do that, I guarantee you, you're probably gonna make three of them all day long, right? That's sixty nine. Hey, there you right? go. Boring you golf. Go. I don't play boring golf nowadays, <laughs> but I would love to play more boring golf. Absolutely. So, okay. Um, going to like at home though. Um, if you're hitting into a net, right? A lot of people nowadays mm-hmm. have nets at home, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. wintertime. Um, be very careful of hitting into a net. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't see the ball flight. Right, right, right. You just you have you, to trust. Yeah, you I don't go, know what you're trusting, it actually. It felt pure, right? Oh, I, I, I grooved this move over the winter into my net, and then I got out in the course and I had a 37-yard snap hook. Right, because that's what you grew. You just couldn't see. You couldn't uh, see it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So if you do practice into a net, have some sort of launch monitor, something that can tell you, give you some form of data to go along with it. Right. Yeah. So like that's what I was gonna ask. Like so you kind of just said it right there. Hitting into a net. If you don't have that type of, you know, launch monitor to tell you your ball flight, then it's pretty not risky but it's like might be more detrimental than actually it's, beneficial it's, yeah i did it there was one i was like uh i was like early 20s and i was working at putts golf in in washington and and uh 
excuse me. Um, I was like, ooh, well, we had just had, they didn't have any launch monitors at the time. I'm just hitting balls into this net, right? It's maybe five feet, seven feet mm. in front of me. And I do what I feel like is, man, I am grooving this thing. It feels perfect. <laughs> and then the winter ended, and I tried to go out and play golf again. I was like, 15-yard snapper. Right? Oh. And I'm like, that's what I grooved. And then it took me a couple of months to like not do that anymore. Interesting. Right? So just be a little weary of hitting into a net without data to back it up. Okay. No, that I think that's a great point. So, like, yeah, we're pivoting now to, like, Instead of being at the range, is there anything at home one could do to kind of work out your swing? Because fortunately for us, we can play year round. You know, we can go out and it's not too cold. But then like the whole like East Coast, they shut down the courses and everything. So we just talked about hitting into the net. Like anything inside of your house that you think oh, you can do? I, I do. I, I, my wife doesn't like it, but I do it all the time. I, okay. I, I have this area that is uh, right in front of the kitchen table, but right behind the couch that I can swing a wedge and not hit anything. Okay. <laughs> right? But no, seriously, but when you, when you do that though, like it's, it's working on, on, on something again, the purpose of what move you're making and, and, you know, and if I have a pool noodle in my hands and then, you know, I'm, I'm setting it in my left arm and I'm trying to make it parallel or perpendicular to my line, something that says, okay, I'm turning, I'm doing this. But there's, there's, you can ask your coach for, anything that you can do inside the house are going to give you like eight drills okay but to do certain little things inside the house um you know putting your butt up against a wall and just continuing to move to make sure your spine angle staying the same right because it's probably the biggest thing like spine angle so humongous when when you know 90 percent of the people that come to me you know are standing up through the through the shot right yeah and, and, and again there's going to be some sort of compensation if i stand then my right arm is going to want to release more to get to the ball Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And if it does that, right, then chances are I'm hanging the face open and then you wonder why you hit it right. Right. So if you were to put your butt up against a wall and you just work that with an alignment stick, right? And you just oh, yeah, keep turning. That. And if the butt stays on the wall, then your then your spine angle's staying the same. Right? That's yeah. and again it's it's grooving stuff like like that. So yeah, definitely right? some benefits yeah. to to doing like it's more like getting to the positions, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's a good point, you know, like you know, we're, we're fortunate enough, but some people who can't get out to the range because it's snowing or whatever, you know, there are things at home that you can do then that you say with confidence mm-hmm. will, will be beneficial. Oh, absolutely. Like Got even, it. even takeaway, you can set up against a wall, not in your house, maybe in the garage, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, but to make sure that you're just not slapping the head against the side of the wall, right? It's got to go up and around you before it ever hits the, hits the wall. For sure. Right? So yeah, ask your uh, swing coaches, you know, what, what can I do inside of practice? Um, you can even ask Matt if you come into the golf garage in San Jose. Um, lastly, like, what's your opinion on? Because this is what I do a lot. I do a lot of. Uh, I, I have like a put- putting mat at home, mm. and I'm always working on making sure every time that I putt, that it's coming straight off the face. Like not with a little. I don't have gates for it, but I have the the perfect practice one that has a straight line. Yeah. So I just make sure every time I just like I'm actually I kind of practice the pretending I'm on a course in my house. Because I just grab my putter and I randomly think, okay, this is a five footer. I just want to hit it straight, and then I don't hit it over and over again because you don't do that in the course. So I just try to make sure every time I walk up to my putting mat, I pretend I'm hitting it a new putt and see if I do it well or not. So that's how I kind of gauge if you know my stroke is in line or not. But what about putting mats in general inside the house? What's your thought on that? 
I, I love it as long as there's some sort of alignment aid to go along with it. Now the new putting greens now they'll have it right. And they'll yeah. even measure out the distance of where your putter head should go back to you know backswing to, to to through swing, which is fantastic, right? If you have that sort of feedback, you know, back in the old days, we'd just put down a yardstick and I just put down the yardstick, right? Yeah, because yeah. that's my thought process was when I when I when I'm on the course, I'm just like, okay, where's the yardstick? Put it down the yardstick because if right. I get it started on my line, then it's going to be on my line. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That that's it, right? I can't, you know, if I have something that's 35 feet away, I'm worried about the beginning, I'm not worried about the end, right? Cuz if I get started on the beginning, then it's going to hold the line that I originally mm-hmm. picked. Now it's going to be up to me whether I picked a good line or not. Right, right, right. The whole green reading yeah. and the whole, yeah. So, yeah. but th- that's it. Like if you can practice, but again it comes down to going through the routine going through the routine creating your routine you know using your alignment aids with the ball and then figuring out which one works for you right do you need three lines you need two lines you like one line do you like that you know kind of like that forky thing that's now i like that a lot oh oh, yeah yeah. right but something whatever's going to help you visually see from putter to to ball better yeah and then that to you you get that you know, um, put together again, let's say you did it. Let's say you took some time to have to draw the three lines on your ball. It's a little bit time consuming or whatnot, but if it helped you make two more putts around, Oh, where's my Sharpie? You're going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. You're you're, going to, you're going to do it. Right. Like, and that's the same thing. Like there's so many, like getting, getting fit for, for your putter, you know, um, I want to do it myself because if somebody said, Hey, like, if I fit you for a putter and it's going to take off, you know, two strokes around, but it's going to cost you $600. I was like, who do I write the checkout to? Right? Because <laughs> right, if right. I can shoot 72 to 70, 68 to 66, it doesn't matter. 78 to 6, 76, I'll take it. Right, 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 right. You're looking for anything that you can possibly do to, to help you lower your, lower your score. Right. 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 You know, it's, you got to have talent there. Don't get me wrong. Like, but it'd be, you can have something, whether it be an alignment, you know, something that helps with your alignment, something that helps with like, you know, the, 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 the sick putters, which change the, the, the loft changing, which is, yeah. which is game changing. I want one of those real bad. Yeah. Right. Those are phenomenal. Right. That's why if you, if, cause look like we're going to miss it. We're never going to like, we're not the tour players that are going to hit every putt off the center of the face. Right. right I want right. something that's going to help me if I, if I miss hit it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that could be another whole uh, episode where we talk about like what's in our bags. And then I want to, as soon as like the gear season comes, because it's always the beginning of the year, we'll probably touch base on that. Like when exactly is it, is the time or how do you know when to upgrade for those who, you know, are trying to like, you know, spend, spend, spend wisely, you know, so that could be a whole other topic. (laughs) That'll be a good one. So stay tuned for that. Um, Pivoting back now to the final two points here. um, I guess I kind of, I'm in this first category and then, you know, Daniel is probably in the second category, but like for practicing specifically, what is your recommendation then for people who are mid handicappers who want to become like a low single digit handicapper, anything, uh, you know, anything in particular or. And and that comes back to, to practice like you would play, right? Practice. That's the difference you get. You get guys that can hit golf balls in the range really well, but like I said, they, you get them out to the golf course and it and it, and it doesn't go well. Mm. But if you're practicing, like like I would rather have you go out to Santa Teresa in the evening and play nine holes after like there's there's not a lot of people going out and drop three or four balls from different yardages and stuff mm. that you're working on and put it together out there, 
right? You can put it together all you want on the driving range. Eventually, you're going to have to take it to the course. Right, right? yeah. And if you don't feel comfortable on the course, then you're, you've, you've lost before you've begun, right? right. Good point. I want to be, I want to be super comfortable saying, Oh, I'm working on this move. What does my divot look like? Right. Cause if I'm hitting off a of mats, I'm not going to see that divot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What is the spin when it actually hits the green? Is it checking? Is it running? Right. What is happening? Got and it's it. an actual distance. Cause that's, that's the problem too. Is like you go out to the, like, you know, unless you've got perfect eyesight, like my eyesight's decent, but if I hit a ball, if I had a seven iron one ninety five, I don't know if it went. Yeah, I don't know whether it went one ninety five or one ninety one or yeah, one ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, right? So I want to be able to to work that out on the on the course. God, no, yeah, right. good. I think yeah. The main takeaway we've been saying it all day is practice how you would play on the golf course. I think for people who are like my level and want to get better, I think that's a great point. So. Now we're getting into probably the more serious questions for those competing golfers. Like, what would you suggest to them? You're not your average Joe's, probably like your plus or, you know, your plus handicaps or your scratch golfers. What do you suggest to people like that who so, are pretty so good? So when, you, when you're like a competitive, let's say you're like a plus one, plus two, plus yeah. three golfer, you're not, you're not going to... You're not going to have this like aha moment where you go, mm, now I'm a plus seven, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's, you don't make that jump that fast, mm-hmm. right? You're going to go like, how do I shave a quarter stroke off a round? <sighs> quarter stroke. That, yeah. You know? I even conceptualize because, that. But, but you crazy. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah. look, like, like, let's say qu- one quarter stroke off of a four day event makes you one spot less right you, yeah. you finish at minus nine versus you know minus eight which is changing how much money you're making right and that comes down to where am i giving strokes away what am i doing what side of the fairway am i missing what side of the green am i missing what decision how's my decision making process am i taking the risk at the right time uh. right and that just becomes being a little bit smarter going through all your routines i was just having this this conversation with daniela the other day and i was like what do you do differently because when i caddy for you you shoot really low scores (laughs) and she goes i kind of just rush like i just i just don't like you know and i'm going like okay you know i'm a full-on caddy like i'm running up to the green i'm like i'm counting it off it's 47 paces i was like you need to hit here this is what you do but if you don't do that then you don't you don't know right so if i pick my landing spot versus i I walked up there and i said okay here's my landing spot right i got Mm. i i have purpose right or i go i'm gonna just throw it right at it and if i throw it right at it but i didn't realize that it's gonna kick and it's gonna run 10 feet left now i got 10 feet versus five feet versus four feet versus three feet and those are two completely different pots right Mm. and the percentage of me making the 10 footer versus the four footer the three footer is complete it's it's huge and that is your fractional stroke right Uh, that is i got that one i was able to get up and down the big thing too is is giving yourself an opportunity i was incredibly proud of daniela we played del monte this last week um super cold it's windy oh yeah like tr- if you thin one you're gonna feel it all the way into your like it's gonna <laughs> you know your elbows are gonna hurt yeah, yeah right um and every time that she made a mistake she was able to whether it be from 30 yards or right around the green, the next shot gave her an opportunity. And that's the word. Did I give myself an opportunity to save par? Mm. If I'm 
three, four, five, six feet away, you've given yourself an opportunity because there's a good percentage that you can get up and down from there, right? But if I'm 30 yards away and then I leave myself 25 feet, my percentages of making that putt are so minute mm. that I really didn't give myself an opportunity to make that par, right? Got it, got it. So with her out there, like... You know, we, we kind of caught some tough lies out of the rough, and then, you know, she left it 15 yards short with a wedge or whatever, and then she'd throw it up there four or five feet. Some she'd make, some she wouldn't make, but she gave herself an opportunity every single time, and that's how you score, right? Mm. You know, she put up five birdies, and, and, and you know, she ended up shooting even par um, just because the, the greens at Del Monte are so small. Like, oh gosh, really they are hard. very yeah. difficult to hit. Yeah, you know, but and she missed the six, but like she hit it to three feet, she missed a three footer, right? And I would have put her at three under at the time, you know. But that's, you know, but that's the difference between people who are like competing and playing. If you go through that routine versus just getting up and going through the going through the motion, God, where's yeah. your line? What yeah. are you doing? Where are you aligned? Right? What are you again having some sort of purpose and in, in, in knowing where you're going to miss and where you're going to because I'm a protection player. Back earlier in my day, I was a risk taker. I was like, oh, you want me to hit this? Darts. I was like, you want me to hit this cut two iron out of the rough over the water? Sure, I'll do it. <laughs> and then you dunk it, right? And then the next thing you know, you turned, I'm trying to make eagle and turns into bogey, mm. right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. now it is, you know, playing, I'm, I'm older now, so <laughs> I, I play a little smarter, right? Little but it, it, it is like, what's my, what's my miss? What's my tendency, mm. right? Yeah. Would I rather have you know, 15 feet and try to make it? Or do I, do I want to go with that back tuck left pin when I know I overhook things? And now yeah. if I overhook it, now I've left myself short-sided to that same pin. And now there's a good chance I'm not getting up and down. And I turned what could have been a 15-foot birdie putt, which is going to leave me a decent percentage of making it, to trying to get up and down mm -hmm. from off the green to a short-sided pin, which chances are percentages I'm going to make bogey. Again, yeah. do that three times around, and your 72 turns into 69. Your 81 turns into 78. It's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. So, like, yeah, just, like, for those competing golfers, that's kind of the next level. You're, like, hyper-analyzing everything to give that quarter stroke back across four rounds. I think that's a cool – I never even thought about that because, obviously, I'm not shooting those kind of numbers. <laughs> but that being said, I think, you know, this is a, this was a good – podcast for you know insight into practicing golf it was great hearing from you as a teaching pro you know how to go about that and i think you know leave a comment down below if, you know if you do practice or you don't practice what do you do for practicing would like to hear from you um, but i think yeah we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up um this podcast is available where podcasts are streamed everywhere and um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this one keep chasing and we'll see you in the next one